Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it each week when you guys give me the love like that. Uh, my name's Keith Titi. I'm the host of New Media Central, and I talk about things every week that you want to hear about. So listen up. This week I'm talking about something that I spoke about in one of my first podcasts over 10 years ago. It's a call to revolution. In the 10 years since I first spoke about it in a podcast, it hadn't gotten any better. It's gotten a lot worse, actually, and, and it's time. We have to do something to keep the crazies from ruining this country. It's, it's the big three, the bad ones, the big corporations, the extremely wealthy people, and the government. They're out of hand, totally and completely out of hand, and we got to do something about it, and it's going to take a revolution to change things. I think I spoke a little bit before about a soft landing or a hard landing, and it's going to be a hard landing now. <laughs> There's no way around it. There's no soft landing available for us anymore because it's gone too far. I've been uh, reading books from uh, Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, Glenn Beck, and a gal named Carol Roth. She wrote a book called You Will Own Nothing. And she's talking about how we will not own anything. That's what the big three I was talking about, the super rich, the big corporations, and the government want to do. They want to take everything from us. And I've referred to this many times, but I'm going to refer to it again so you guys can get a visual. Uh, if you haven't seen it or read the book, The Hunger Games, read it. Because it describes in great detail where we're headed if we don't stop it. We're headed for a, a, a world where a teeny weeny small percentage, not 10%, 2% or maybe 1%, uh, have everything they could possibly ever even imagine and want. And the rest of us have nothing. And that's what they want. And we can't let it happen. We're Americans here. We've been through this before. We're tough. We got to get after it and we got to win this thing back. It's not going to be easy at all. It's going to be very difficult. There's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of suffering. There's going to be death to get this thing taken care of, but we got to do it because I don't want to live in a world like they, like they depict in the, in the books, the Hunger Games. I don't want to go there. We don't have to. We can stop it now, but we got to go. We got to start. Listen to my podcast every week because every week I have new plans, new ideas, new ways that we can do this. Listen for what we can do so that your kids don't live in a world where they have dirt floors and no running water and no sewage and no food. The, all that stuff is for the very, very ultra-rich ultra elite people. We can't have that. There's plenty in this world. There is plenty of stuff in this world. I, that, I think some of them are freaking out right now thinking, oh, we're going to run out of stuff. We've got to get it all right now. I'm going to take it all from the other people. No, there's plenty. We don't know exactly how to get it all right now, but we're figuring it out. Technology, AI, is going to do a lot for us. If it doesn't kill us, there'll be abundance, massive abundance. Because the resources are there. I mean, there's there's water 
in the sky. There's a guy that talks about how you can harvest water out of the sky. May not be the greatest thing in the world. It might cause droughts or whatever, but there's tons of water. We need water to live, but there's tons of it. There's plenty for everybody. We need food. This gal I was talking about that I'm reading right now, she's talking about how there's going to be no farmers left. Uh, these giant corporations are buying up all the farmland and there won't be anybody to farm it. So we're going to run out of food. That's not true. Thankfully, there's plenty of food. There's plenty of ways to get more food, even way more food. And I've talked about it a little bit before. There's all kinds of uh, farming techniques and uh, food growing techniques that we don't do right now that we could do. It's already been proven that it can be done. And uh, all we got to do is do it. It's, you know, takes a while to get her going, but we got it. We got plenty of food. We got plenty of water. And uh, there's plenty of land, actually. I mean, they were talking about how all the land's getting bought up and nobody's going to have any land. There's tons of land. Elon Musk was talking about this the other day. There's there's not overpopulation. There's underpopulation. I don't know if I agree with that, but he said if you uh, took a bowling ball, for instance, and anywhere in this country or pretty much anywhere in the world, and you dropped it out of an airplane, a bowling ball out of an airplane, the odds of it hitting someone are minuscule, minute. And it's because there is a lot of space around us. There's a lot of land that we can spread out into. And, and when we get our uh, AI set up so that we're producing things in abundance, like I mentioned in my Perfect Future podcast, it won't matter where you are. I mean, you can live in a desert, you can live on a mountaintop, you can live in the ocean if you want to, because we'll be able to create living spaces with everything we need to live and be very, very comfortable anywhere on the planet. And when we spread out like that, it'll be obvious there's tons of room for more people and tons of resources that we can keep ourselves alive and comfortable with. So anyway, give it a listen. Think about it. We're going to have a revolution here in this country, and it's going to be reverberated all throughout the world because people are going to go, oh, did you see what they did in America? <laughs> These guys better watch out because we can do that here. So anyway, give it a listen. Prepare yourself for a revolution. Thanks. So I've been talking about revolution since one of my first podcasts over 10 years ago. The ensuing 10 years have given me time to reflect on what this greatly needed revolution would look like. I've always been quick to blame government, large corporations, and extremely wealthy individuals for causing our country to lose its middle class. It is true that all these entities are using everything at their disposal to take as much as they can from you so that they can add it to their already massive wealth. The problem is, they will never give up their quest. There is not going to be a day where they suddenly decide, okay, enough's enough, I'm no longer going to do everything that I can to increase my wealth and power. They will just keep coming up with ways to take more from you in their quest to own everything. The reality is, they will always want more, and they will continue to get better at it, and the tools will get more efficient, and their strategies will get more and more invasive, and now, more than ever in the past, they have the means to do it. So what's the answer? We must take control, and it won't be easy. If it were easy, it'd already be done. So, what will this revolution look like when the question of what can we do 
to get our middle class back? The answers are always the same from policymakers and the mainstream media. It goes something along the lines of, number one, education and job training. Well, the problem with this is you can't just throw money at this. If a person doesn't want to get educated and train himself, all the money in the world won't change anything. We must want to educate and train ourselves. Higher education has proven to be a waste of time and money because the colleges and universities have changed from institutions of learning to woke propagandists. They have gotten themselves to the point where they exist in a bubble and it's extremely dangerous to society because only a ridiculously small percentage of students benefit. All the rest of the students are just money providers. Say your student population is um, 4,000. Of that 4,000, maybe 5 or 6 or 10 actually get a good education and actually get a good job when they're done. The rest of the people, the 3,980 other people or whatever the math is, are just paying the money. And they make it so easy for you because they got student loans out there that you can get real easy and then you spend the rest of your life paying them off. It's a racket. It's a huge racket. And I'm going to talk about that more at a different time. It's so sad for me to think about education in this country because we used to have the greatest education system in the world. And sadly, that's not true anymore. Far from it. So what can we do? Educate yourself in any way that you can. There's a lot of options from local community colleges to the Internet. Just decide what it is you want to learn about and get yourself educated. In the beginning, formal training teaches you how to educate yourself, so it's really important to go ahead and go to college to learn how to learn. And then... Spend the rest of your life learning and improving. Please, please, please don't go into debt for the rest of your life to pay for a prestigious university degree that will get you nothing for your money. Odds are. It's part of a giant circus wheel where the extraordinarily rich and very large corporations use the university system to weed out the idiots, and then they absorb the smartest and most talented individuals right into their arsenal, and these people become part of their toolkit. It's crazy. Uh, next, fair wages. This is a crazy thing, too. Raising the minimum wage has never been the answer. It sounds good, and politicians love to talk about doing that, but it, it doesn't work, and here's why. When there's a federally mandated raise in minimum wage, all the corporations just raise the prices of their goods, and they still profit the same. We just lose buying power in that situation. And we either stay the same or go down on our ability to purchase things. They claim that if workers make more money, they will have more disposable income and that will stimulate economic growth. The reality is, if there are any increases, they will be short-lived. They also claim that raising the minimum wage will create motivation and productivity and argue that higher wages can motivate workers, leading to increased productivity and better job performance. The flip side of that is when the workers realize that they got a net decrease in pay, it makes them even more depressed, and they quit their jobs. What really happens is raising the minimum wage always leads to higher prices for goods and services as businesses pass on increased labor costs to the consumer. Higher labor costs also always lead employers to reducing hiring, cutting hours, and even eliminating jobs altogether, particularly in industries with tight profit margins. In addition, smaller businesses face challenges absorbing higher wage costs, potentially leading to the closure or downsizing. Also, 
Increased labor costs cause businesses to accelerate the adoption of automation, which will replace low-skilled jobs. In the end, the impact of rising the minimum wage can vary based on factors such as the magnitude of the increase, the current economic conditions, regional differences, but overall, the relationship between minimum wage policies and the well-being of low-income individuals almost always is negative. Again, it's up to us to demand higher wages. I have never been a union person, but it may be what it takes to get control back. There are a lot of angles to this, and I won't go into it deeply right now because I'm going to have a podcast in the future, and I will discuss how unions with a new twist can be positive. The next one is access to affordable health care. That's an interesting one. Healthcare is crazy. <laughs> the cost of health care is stupid. Uh, first and foremost, health care should come from us taking diligent care of ourselves and not worrying about going to the doctor every week. We are extraordinarily strong individuals in America, and we don't need doctors, and we don't need drugs to live a healthy life. We need to stop spending time waiting in the doctor's office for hours, sitting on hold for hours just to speak to a low-level health care flunky, and spending time waiting in line at the pharmacy. We also don't want to spend money on health care insurance. We can spend that time and money eating properly, getting plenty of sleep and exercise. We've let Big Pharma and Big Medical brainwash us into thinking that we need them just to survive. We don't. We just need to stay away from processed foods and work hard every day so that we're tired at, the, at night and we can get some sleep. In addition to working hard, we need to also exercise regularly outside of work, especially if your job is sitting behind a desk. One thing you can do to force yourself to start making these improvements, you just make a sign. One that you can see every morning that says, I don't need health care today. I just need to concentrate on eating healthy, working hard, and getting a good night's sleep tonight. When you read it, internalize it and go about making it happen. Here's another one. Affordable housing. The government will never step in and magically make houses more affordable. Just it can't happen. We know from experience that the government can't really do anything. Every time they try, it usually backfires and we're worse off than we were before. Again, it's on us. A piece of real estate is only as valuable as what a person is willing to pay for it. One thing that we need to start doing when we go house hunting is lowball the seller. Now, your realtor, he's not going to want you to do that. He's going to tell you not to. But do it anyway. For most of us, we'll be paying for that property for 30 years or more. So it's crucial to get the lowest price possible. The way we do things right now, we look only at the monthly mortgage payment. And the problem with that is big banks can make it seem like you're getting a good deal because they can extend the length of the loan and they can change the interest rate and they can do a lot of things. And all you're doing is going, Phew, we can make that. We can make that monthly payment. But, uh, you know, work for the best price you can. That's fundamental. Get the price down and then figure out the financing. Next on the list, taxation. We're way overtaxed. Remember what caused the first American Revolution? It was the Boston Tea Party. Why? Because the taxes on the tea was so high, people couldn't afford to buy the tea. Tea wasn't expensive. The taxes were. And that's what started the revolution. They were throwing the tea in the river because they couldn't afford to buy it anymore. There used to be a website, a buddy of mine where I worked many years ago. This was 40 years ago. We used to talk about taxation and how far into the year you had to work for free to pay taxes. And back then it was somewhere in July. You had to work from January 1st to somewhere in July 
for free just to pay taxes. The rest of the money was yours. I haven't looked lately, and I don't know what that date is, but I guarantee it's past whatever it was back then because we're paying huge amounts of taxes. And they're figuring out new ways to tax you all the time. Different little hidden taxes. So, and here's a problem. We have the illusion that we have some sort of control over taxes. That's total BS. Policymakers pretend to require approval through voting on new taxes. Well, but not all taxes are voted on. And even the tax hikes that we do vote on are bogus. I guarantee it. They want us to feel good about giving them more money, so they put it up for a vote, but they don't count the votes. They pass. The new tax passes every time. <laughs> I mean, I don't ever vote yes on new taxes. I don't know anybody, and I know this is not scientific. I don't know half the people in the country. But I don't know anybody that votes yes on tax increases. And somehow, every time they win, they, um, they always make it about schools and the children or the firefighters or the policemen. And so people will say yes, but please don't be fooled by this. Because currently, it really doesn't matter how you vote. They're going to pass. So it would seem like there's nothing we can do to fix this. The only thing we can do is vote the right people in the office. There's a lot of people running for office right now who have the right ideas. And by their history, they show that they will not fall into the swamp if they're elected. They will do the right thing for this country. And so what we need to do is spend time listening to people who are running for office and choose the ones that will actually help fix our country. Next one, society safety nets. <laughs> These never work. There are hundreds of programs out there currently to help the supposed helpless, and they are all abused to the point of not doing what they're supposed to do. The recipients abuse the system, taking handouts that aren't merited. Policymakers skim. There's a massive inequity in the distribution. Minorities receive these benefits at a much higher rate than non-minorities. I have personally heard conversations of people who think that government handouts are a way of life and that gaming the system is their greatest achievement. When you offer people an opportunity to do nothing and get paid for it, they will always take you up on it. Where did the blue-collar working class go? <laughs> they got swallowed up by government programs. So what can we do to get our middle class back? Bottom line, we can't just sit around and wait for the government to take care of us. Innovation and technology will allow us to have everything we need to survive and prosper. We just have to get from here to there. And it's going to be a steep mountain. It's huge. It will require massive amounts of effort, and everyone has to help push the cart. Yep. We want to help those who truly need help. We want to give everyone who needs a temporary hand uh, so they can get back on their feet and get to helping themselves. But it can't be a permanent handout because the funds eventually run out. Over time, read Anne Rand. <laughs> she describes it with a lot of words exactly how it is. If you offer people the opportunity to just do nothing all day long and get paid more than they would make if they went to a job, it's going to happen every time and it don't work. So get out there and work your ass off today. If you need assistance, of course, Americans will always help, but don't expect to make a career out of it. Know in your heart and mind that to get our nation back, we all must work hard and fight for it.